right, hello and welcome to the Navy Vegas podcast, podcast about Bethel football and Mayak football as a whole. First episode I've ever made. Um, we're going to be talking about the coming season. We're going to be doing projections for all 10 teams. Um, we're going to be talking about the schedules, uh, win projections for both overall um, and conference. Um and uh, we're going to talk about overall division and conference standings as well. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun a fun episode. Could be from 15 minutes to an hour. Going to be um, going to be an interesting one. I got yeah. I apologize. Um, so this is how this is going to work. Um, I'm going to kind of explain things here first um you know how things work in the mayak what the format is like for this year um which might not exactly be what you expect if you're uh kind of new to this or haven't really looked into bethel and mayak football in uh a while um then we're gonna randomly go through uh all 10 teams um and talk about the team a little bit then we're gonna look at their schedule and um see what uh see what i expect to come out of them um <clears throat> clear my throat for a second so this is how the mayak works um now ordinarily most conferences in division three football um work somewhat like this you know you'll have eight nine ten teams something like that um everyone will play everyone else um you know, so if you have nine teams like the Mayak used to have, you would play uh, eight games each, um, which leaves two games left for non-conference play. Whoever wins the most out of those eight games, there's your conference champion. It's really a pretty simple concept. Um, the only kind of complicated part is when you get a three-way tie, which I don't know if the Mayak ever had. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. I don't really know or honestly care that much, but Nevertheless, um, the way that it works now, ever since, how should I put this, uh, St. Thomas was removed from the conference, the way it works now, so two teams have been added, uh, McAllister, who used to be a part of the conference way back when, um, I mean, they, they still have been a part of the conference, just not for football, um, I don't know what uh, what convinced them to come back, but they're back. I mean, that's that's really all that matters. Um, and uh, uh, Saint Scholastica of Duluth, they have been brought into the conference. So you, now you got ten teams. Ordinarily, what you do nine games, one non-conference game. You know, whoever wins most games, they win. That's not really what they decided to do. They decided to try something a little bit unorthodox, a little bit out there. So we have now two divisions, um, which is not all that common in Division Three. We have the Northwoods Division, which includes Carleton, Gustavus, St. John's, St. Olaf, and St. Scholastica. And we have the Skyline Division, which features Augsburg, Bethel, Concordia, Hamlin, and McAllister. Now, each of these teams will still play two non-conference games. Bethel's, for example, they will play um, 
Washington, Washington State's uh, Pacific Lutheran, and uh, University of Wisconsin-Platteville. You will play three teams from the other division, um, and then you'll play every other team in your division. Teams are then ranked by only divisional record, only divisional record. So the times that you play the teams in the other division, that doesn't really matter in terms of winning conference championships. Um, there are some tiebreakers that that does actually matter. So I guess hypothetically, um, those games do matter. But it, for all intents and purposes, for most intents and purposes, um, only the divisional games count. Um, for for conference champions stuff again, not saying that the other ones don't matter, but for conference championship purposes, those are the only ones that matter. Um, but the three crossover games that you do have from the other division, um, those are based off of record, um, for you know throughout the past years. Um, so you'll play better teams the better that you do. But anyways, um, so that divisional uh, rank that you get, you play the corresponding team in the other division. So the fifth place team play the fifth place team, fourth place team, fourth place team, um, third place team, third place team, second place play second place team. Um, and the number one teams will face each other for the conference championship game. We saw this last year for the first time, um, and it ended up, I th- I think, I think it ended up looking pretty well. Um, you know, schools for the first time actually kind of had schedules that were more uh, kind of adapted to their program because, you know, they're kind of more adapted to their strength a little bit. Um and we did get to see a Mayak championship game. Um, I don't really want to talk about it that much, but I kind of have to. Uh, St. John's, Beth- Bethel was leading uh, St. John's the entire game um, until literally the last second. Um, so that is what that is. And um, move, move past it. Move past it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how, that's how the conference works. Um, there's some actually speculation, um, in division three of whether or not this actually helps out the Mayak with playoff selection. Uh, last year worked out pretty well. Bethel, um, finished at eight and two, still selected in the playoffs, kind of the last team selected for the playoffs. St. John's obviously made it in the playoffs, 10 and 0 undefeated, um, but it was most likely the two games that Bethel had against St. John's, which they lost. The fact that they were against St. John's and that they were both really close um, is what probably put them over the edge um, to make the Division Three playoffs. But, you know, maybe they might not be so generous the next time that a team is 8-2 and two with two losses against another team. You know, who knows? We've only been, we've only been through one year of this, um, so it's going to be really interesting see what this looks like in the next few years, you know, how unpredictable do things get, you know, because it really only takes one or two divisional games for everything to be thrown off balance. Last year, um, Bethel and Concordia unexpectedly came down to the wire. Um, Bethel won that game, um, thankfully, on a 
not last second, but you know, last few minutes uh, interception. Um, I think that was Nate Farm. And if Concordia won that game, everything would have been a little bit different. Concordia would have hosted St. John's for the conference championship. Bethel still probably would have been eight and two because they probably would have defeated uh, Gustavus for a second time. Um, but you know, you don't have the two games against St. John's probably to push you over the edge. And then you know, if somehow Concordia beats St. John's, which is pretty unlikely, then you know, it's it's just it's just it's just wild. And it only it only takes it only takes a few sort of upsets for some really crazy scenarios. It is hypothetically possible for a team to go three and ten um, with this format because you win your two divisional games and you win the conference championship game and still be selected for the division three playoffs. Most likely you'll go up against, you know, a school like uh, Wisconsin Whitewater in the first round and I mean that that'll be that but you know I mean the playoffs is the playoffs so let's figure out first um the order of teams that we're doing again this is going to be in completely random order um so uh, if there's any team that you're waiting specifically to hear you're just going to have to listen to the whole thing so uh, it sucks for you so let me uh, quick get a quarter right here. Now, if, if it lands heads, uh, we're going to be doing Skyline Division first. If it lands tails, we're going to be doing the Northwoods Division first. Uh, these divisions named after the colors for the conference, actually. Let me just flip it. All right, so it is tails. We are going to be doing... Northwoods Division first. Um, yeah. Let's get into it. Alright. So, first first division, we're doing Northwoods Division. Um, so, once again, random list of teams. Um, first team we're doing, Gustavus. So, let's get this thing started. Gustavus, last year... Um, little bit of an interesting team. The quarterback got hurt early. Um, really weird quarterback situation. Um, but, you know, they kind of got it done. Fifth in passing offense. Number one in rushing offense. Number three in passing defense. Number one in rushing defense. So a little bit of an old school team. Um, now, I think you can expect them to be uh, a little bit uh, better than they were last year um and so their one weakness is passing defense but even i don't think that's going to be that bad um i think their rushing offense is going to be as good as it was last year probably better the rushing defense as good as it was last year it may be a little bit better but i think i think it's going to be pretty consistent pretty solid um passing offense i expected to get better you know, they have that quarterback returning. Um, they have a lot of returning receiving production. Um, so I, ex- I expect this to be a good, solid football team in the next year. Now, if you look at their season goals in terms of beating Bethel and St. John's, I don't expect this exactly um, a reachable goal. Um, but, you know, I think you can expect them to. Um, 
we're we're only going to talk in the first nine weeks of the season um, until we move on to our championship week um, projection time. I think that you can expect this team to probably beat everyone else, um, but St. John's and Bethel. Um, there might be another loss in there, though. Um, UW Stout is probably the biggest one that. Um, you know, that one could really go either way. It's in week three, non-conference game, playing a WIAC team. Whenever you do that, you know, you you, you never know how those, how those games are going to go. Um, also, week one against Buena Vista, there's a small chance they could lose that game, too, um, especially because they're on the road. Uh, but other than that, they have a very workable schedule. I don't expect this be the year once again that they make a significant push for the conference but you know i think by the end of the year they'll be uh probably ranked in the division three poll um you know they'll and if not they'll if not they'll just be on the outside i don't expect them to be in the playoffs with eight and two that's a little bit too much of a stretch especially if you're not a conference runner-up um but you know, um, I think I think you can expect some good, solid football from this team. Um, you know, a little bit more of what we saw last year. Um, News Davis, which was pretty exciting stuff. Um, yeah, number two on the list, Saint Scholastica. This is where things get a little bit, a uh, little bit depressing. Um, last year, 0-8 in the conference, uh, in their first ever conference season, not exactly how you want to start things off, but they're new, they started in a lower conference, um, so they're just kind of trying to build up, keep on working, um, they're not trying to change anything about what they're doing, they, they highly believe in what they're doing, so they're just going to keep on moving forward, and this year, um, I expect it to be a little bit better, a little bit better than it was last year, especially because um, probably their most wor- two workable games of the regular season before championship week um, were their first two games of the year. Um, the teams, uh, Augsburg and Hamlin, who they were playing, they had two weeks of non-conference games to kind of build them up to that point. Um, so, I mean, this year, I still don't think that St. Scholastica... I still wouldn't favor them to win those games, but I think it, it's a little bit better um, odds for them to win a conference game, uh, especially because the two conference games that they are playing, they're both road games. One of them is in Tennessee. Uh, the other one is at Crown in Minnesota. Um, I expect those to be uh, somewhat... I mean, especially the crown one. The crown one, I, I actually do expect them to win. It's the only game that they are projected to win. But the one against uh, Suwanee, who's the school in Tennessee that they're playing, um, I think it's winnable. I don't expect them to win, but I would not be at all shocked to see them win. Potentially start the season um, 0-2 going into the uh, really tough uh, Mayak schedule uh, divisional uh, record, though, I, I I don't see a win 
in here for Saint Scholastica, um, especially Saint John's and Gustavus. I think there's next to no chance that they'll be able to win that game. Saint Olaf, I mean, way out there, like way out there. Maybe there's there's a win for Saint Scholastica, but I got to be honest, I I really doubt it. Um, but yeah, that's 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 about Saint Scholastica. They're two winnable games um, before championship week versus Hamlin and at McAllister. So the Hamlin game, this one's an interesting one, um, especially because it's a home game. St. Scholastica has, I think, eventually they will have one of the better Mayak home field advantages if they build themselves up to be a good team um, because of the Luth factor. You know, you're right on the shore of Lake Superior. That's that's going to make for really interesting weather. Um, you know, you are a decent drive away from the other places. That's going to be a little bit of a factor. And if they can build them up to, to be a good team, if they can build uh, to having a really significant fan base, it's going to be m- one of the tougher places to play in the conference. Um which I don't think I don't think that many could have exactly perceived, but you know, just just, just you wait. Within a couple of years, it's it's going to be it's going to it's going to be a tough trip for any team. Um, but the one against Hamlin, it is a home game. Now it's not super deep into the season, so the weather effect doesn't affect it as much. But you know, you still get a little bit of that. Um, and uh. You know, it is is still in the Luth, so you still have the drive. And I don't think Hamlin's going to be that good. So I think there's an outside chance that St. Scholastica steals a conference win um, in Week 5. Imagine, okay, imagine if St. Scholastica wins their two non-conference games, then loses to, to Augsburg in Week 4, because that's that one's a little bit out of the question for them to win that game. And then beat Tamlin. Now you're now. You're, I mean, last year you own eight. You already have three more wins than you had next year. Next year you only you only played four games. That would be an unbelievably great start to the season um, for Saints Classical last uh, this year. Um, the rest of their season, though, I don't really think that there's any games that are winnable. Again, except for maybe McAllister, but. You know they're coming off of four divisional games and four games that I expect them to be blown out, um, and it's not a home game, and I don't I don't think that Saint Scholastica has it in them to beat McAllister. Um, but eh, I mean I guess I mean you, you never know, uh, but I don't I don't I don't foresee that this year um, unless unless they can put together something amazing for that game. I don't know. There's there there there's an out there's a outside chance. There's a crazy outside chance. It's similar to to the Saint Olaf game, um, but yeah, that's that's about how I, I expect their season to go. Um, you know, I think they'll have somewhere around um one one or two wins for championship week. Two wins will would be pretty special one win would be about what you expect um and if they if they somehow have three wins if they can somehow find a win in that conference schedule um 
again, it would be um, it would be, it would be huge. It'd be huge to have three wins, to have a chance, to have four wins, to have two conference wins this year would be huge for Saint Scholastica. But um, I would not, I would not, I would not get your hopes up. I th- I think in terms of talent, they're probably the worst team in the conference this year. Um, but I I do expect it to get better. I do expect it to get better. Um, so let's go the third team. We're looking at Carlton. Now Carlton, in my eyes, is one of the one of the most interesting teams in the conference this year because for the past decade or so, they've been one of the worst teams in the MIAC. Last year, they had a complete turnaround. They were undefeated going into the Saint Olaf game, lost that game, which was a pretty big blow. I mean. The Saint Olaf game for Carlton, as I think, as you could imagine, is is a huge one because um, they, are, you know, are in the same small town, similar size schools, the same conference. Um, it's arguably the biggest uh, rivalry in the conference now that the Tommy Johnny game is out. Um, I still probably wouldn't put it as the, as the biggest rivalry in the conference, but you you could make the point. Um, that's also going to be a really pivotal game, um, as a coincidence, um, this year, uh, because St. Olaf and Carlton, I expect are going to be playing for that third place spot in the division. This is the game to decide it. Now, if Carlton loses this game, they'll have pretty much a repeat of last year, you know, I mean, Probably, I, I mean, you can you can expect them to go four and zero in the in the first four games. They have a game against Crown, uh, University of Minnesota, Morris, Hamlin, McAllister. Games that I expect them to win. Um, Saint Olaf, Saint Olaf is the pivotal one. It's right after all four of these games. Um, I think I think Carlton's going to win it. I expect them to win it, but I would not I would not be shocked. St. Olaf won it. Um, it is a home game for Carlton, um, which you wouldn't think would mean that much. <laughs> you know, you'd think it'd be pretty split 50-50, which, I mean, I would imagine it is, but you do have the factor that Carlton, unlike all the other schools in my plays on grass, which that can mean something. Um, if everyone else is playing on turf, they're not used to playing on grass. You know, the second, the second that you play a game on grass... You know, it takes you a little bit to adjust. Um, yeah, I expect them. I mean, I, I, I do expect them to get a win against Saint Glasgow, uh, Gustavus, and Saint John's. I think they'll drop a game there. Concordia. Um, that's their other crossover game. This one's a little bit of a toss-up. Uh, they did beat Concordia last year, um, but you know, still, I mean, it's just, it's just hard. It's just hard to pick Carlton to beat Concordia. So I have this as, I have this as a fit as kind of a little bit of a 50, 50 game, but, um, you know, especially cause it's at Concordia, but, um, you know, I think they could easily win this game. They could easily have, um, four conference wins and three conference losses going into championship week, third place in the division, um, which would be a tremendous, excuse me, tremendous, tremendous um, season for them. Um, and I think, I think it's, 
I think there's a good shot that they'll be able to do it. But out of Concordia and St. Olaf, I think they'll probably drop one game. Um, because those are losable games, even though I do... I think that they're probably going to win it. I think most likely one of those games are going to drop. So I do expect them to probably be at five wins going into the championship week. They could be at six. You know, your best case scenario is at six, but I expect them to be at five wins. Worst case scenario is you have four. I don't think that's going to happen. That's worst case scenario. Um, So yeah, there's, there's a lot that um can be gained for Carlton um but yeah I think I think for Carlton ultimately I think they 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 this this has got to be the year that they beat St Olaf this this has got to be the year that they beat St Olaf um again huge rivalry huge rivalry very very important um huge game in week 5 a lot of the a lot of the important um, games so far have been in week five. We've been talking about. Um, or no, that's in that's in week six. Excuse me. Uh, anyways, fourth team on the list: Saint Olaf, also of Northfield. Saint Olaf, unlike Carlton, um, I expect them to be. Slightly worse uh, than last year. Uh, I mean, last year it's it's kind of surprising that they were third place in uh, in the division. When I'll, I'll read you the numbers: passing offense, number eight; rushing offense, number six; passing defense, number nine; rushing defense, number four. Those are all in yards. That's not great. That's not great to get third place in a division as good as that. Um, but you know they won. They won the Carlton game. That was the big one. I think that Saint Olaf this time is not going to be so lucky in the Carlton game. Again, I think they they could win. I don't think they're going to be so lucky in the Carlton game. Um, I think that they're going to drop that game. Um, their non-conference schedule. Probably one and one. Um, they have a game at Central. That's a game that they're 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 just going to lose. It's it's just a fact. Uh, they have a game against Luther. Probably going to win it. Slim chance they get upset, but um, that's probably not going to happen. They open up with uh, two games that are winnable. McAllister. Um, it would be a little bit of a surprise if McAllister pulled that one off, but I expect St. Olaf to get, take care of that game. And then, week five, uh, against Augsburg, this one's a little bit of a little bit of a toss-up for me. I think Augsburg, I think I favor them a little bit, but um, I think I think St. Olaf still has a chance to, to win this. Uh, they have a chance to go three and four going into the Carlton game. It's not going to be as good as Carlton's 4-0, but you know, I mean, you have a game. You have a game against Central, so I don't know. I don't know. You, what do you expect them to do? Um, yeah, most likely two and two going into the game against Carlton. I've already talked about the Carlton game. Expect them to drop it. Um, Saints Glasgow. I expect them to win. Then they also have another crossover game in Week Nine against Bethel. Um, 
That's a game you can also expect them to drop. Um, so yeah, I mean, similar to Saint Olaf, it all it all uh, fixates on the Carlton game. That, that's really the big one. That's really the game that's going to decide whether they're going to be ranked third in the division or fourth in the division. Which is really, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, it's it's it is really pretty big difference. Um, but I do expect them to be fourth in the division. I do expect them. While the team might not have taken a step back in talent because of the rest of the conference, I mean, not well, not the rest of the conference, really just Carlton, I expect them to take um, a little bit of a step back. Um, and uh, and uh, the Augsburg game, too. That's that's really the big one. So week five and six for St. Olaf is probably the biggest part of the season. Um and both those games are in Northfield, too. So if you're a St. Olaf fan, you are in luck. All right, number five, final team for uh, Northwood's divisional projections. St. John's. Um, now, normally, you talk about St. John's, um, you expect undefeated uh, St. John's, I think, is going to take a step, uh, not a huge step back, but a significant enough step back from last year for some for some other teams to catch up. So let's let's talk about the team for a second. They do have a returning quarterback. Um, he was out for the championship game last year. I mean, the backup was pretty good, but he was out for that game. Um, but yeah, he was he was great last year. Uh, the top wide receiver is gone, but um, most of that core is still back. Uh, they have uh, first team, or well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to double check. Um, uh, they have no, no, it's a, it's a tight end who's on the second team uh, for Division Three All Americans. Um, they ha- they do have one first teamer, uh, the only one in the Mayak, Michael Wozniak. Uh, at defensive tackle, um, because of this, their rushing defense was number two in the conference. Um, but yeah, I mean, some like kind of typical St. John's, just really good and everything. They actually weren't they weren't first place actually in any of those big four categories that I've been talking about. They're actually second place in all of them, which I mean is still unbelievably good, but you know, it, it is it is kind of a weird um, coincidence, but. You know, I expect I expect their offense to stay um, steady, um, but you know, I expect their defense to maybe take a little bit of a step down. I think their passing defense is going to take a little bit of a step down, not not a huge step, not a huge step. Don't get me wrong; they're going to be they're going to be a great team next year, as they always are. But it's going to take a little bit of a step back, and that's going to be really noticeable. That's going to be really noticeable, especially because of the schedule that I'll talk about shortly. Rushing defense. Um, that's all. That's also going to take a little bit of a step back. Yeah, defense is going to take a little bit of a step back, and that, in my opinion, is going to make the difference for St. John's right here. Let's talk about their schedule. If you were not aware, Week One non-conference game, St. John's, who is ranked number five in the Division Three um, preseason poll is playing the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater. Let that sink in for a moment. St. John's does have them as a home game, 
But whitewater being what whitewater is, um, and again, that little step back that I think St. John's is going to take, I expect whitewater to win this game. I would be slightly surprised if um, St. John's gets the win out of you. And I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. I'm getting into uh, the one for next week. But I do expect Whitewater to get this. Then uh, week two, they play another team, not a top 25 team, but a team that did receive votes in the poll, um, the University of Wisconsin River Falls. This is, I mean, this kind of flip side for the last game. I expect St. John's to win this, but I wouldn't, I would not be shocked if River Falls won this, even though St. John's does have it as a home game, um, because of that, I mean, heck, I mean, you, you play Whitewater, um, who know who knows what your team is going to be like the week after that game? There's a chance, there's a chance that St. John's is 0-2 to start the year. Now, if that happens, the only hope that you have of reaching the playoffs is um, a conference championship, which, of course, they'll, they'll, they'll still be in the running for that, no doubt. But, um, you know, it's it's not it's not a great shot that you'll do much of an impact nationally, which St. John's, they always expect themselves to do. Right after that game, they have a bye. Right after that bye, they go to Arden Hills, and they play Bethel. Um, this is a huge matchup. I expect... All right, big news. I expect Bethel... I expect them to get over the hump. I expect them to get over the hump um, and beat St. John's. I st- still think that... Okay, I, I can't I can't not say that this is a winnable game for St. John's because of how the last um, almost decade has turned out. But I I think, I think Bethel's going to do it this year. I think they are going to beat St. John's in Week 5 um, to open up the conference... Uh, or... Wait, no, excuse me, that's that's week four. I got it messed up because the spreadsheet's got one more, and it doesn't matter. Um, their divisional schedule, very workable. The only game that disaster could strike is against Gustavus. Um, but this is not this is not a game I expect him to drop. Um, you know, I mean, it's home, and again, it's St. John's and Gustavus. I'm not, I'm not... I'm not about to be too bold and predict Gustavus to beat St. John. So, yeah, I expect them to go 4-0 in divisional play. They will... I, I expect them to win the division, um, but I have them dropping three games um, overall, which is not great, which is not great at all for St. John's. Um, so, yeah, I mean... We'll we'll see if they if they regret their ambitious scheduling. Um, I mean, especially I mean I, I haven't even talked about the championship game, but um, I think you could maybe imagine what I'm about to predict for that. Um, but yeah, that is the Northwoods divisional projections teams in order from five or from. Last place, first place, Saint Scholastica, Saint Olaf, Carlton, Gustavus, and Saint John's. All right, so that is the look at the skyline, or sorry, the Northwoods Division. Now we're moving on to to the skyline division. Um, so, uh, as a reminder, this division features um, 
Augsburg, Hamlin, Concordia, McAllister, and Bethel. Um, now, once again, this is this is in the future going to be a podcast that is going to be centered around Bethel. So don't be surprised if that projection is going to take a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, I have the random generator right here. The first team that we are going to look at is Hamlin. Now Hamlin last year um, lost, uh, well, I mean, they, they were last place in the division. Um, they they were, ninth, they were ninth place in the entire conference since they did beat St. Scholastica in their championship week game um, to go to two and six overall in the conference. And they won their two non-conference games to make it four and six overall, 0 and four in divisional record. So Hamlin this year, um, there's not, there's not um, much production that's not returning except for the uh, passing offense. Passing offense is the one thing which was seventh last year that I think is going to get considerably weaker. Um, so I don't, I don't really see this team improving at all over last year. I think this is, this is. Honestly, one of the easier schedules to project. The only difficult one, actually, really, is Saint Scholastica because, I, again, I think that there is the slim chance that when they go to Saint Scholastica, um, they might they might potentially drop that game. Um, I still think that I still think I'd favor them in that because I I just don't have faith in the Saints yet. Um, but. Yeah, so let's. I mean, let, let's look at their schedule. So their first two games, non-conference, they have a game at Crown, um, and versus University of Minnesota Morris. These these are games that they're going to win, even though Hamlin is not an outstanding Mayak school or anything. These are games that they're going to win. These are going to be easy victories uh, for Hamlin, um, and they're going to start at two and zero. It's going to be looking pretty good, uh, but then. They go uh, they play Carlton in week four. That one's a loss. Then they go to St. Scholastica. I've, I've already talked about that game. That's a game that, again, I have faith in them, but I don't know. Um, then they have at Bethel, loss. Gustavus, loss. Augsburg, loss. Versus McAllister, it could be, it could be an upset victory for Hamlin. There, there is, there is a legitimate chance of that. Um, I still lean towards the Scots right now, um, but this is this is a huge game. This is a rivalry game. They actually play for a paint bucket. Um, this is a game to determine fourth place in in the division. Um, you know, I mean, McAllister had. Honestly, all things considered, a pretty decent return in the conference last year. I think Hamlin would um, would like to, you know, kind of put them in their place a little bit. Um, but yeah, I still, I still think they're going to lose that game. Overall, I would put them at zero and four in divisional record, um, and 
that, I mean, that's that's good for fifth place in the conference for matchup at St. Scholastica. So they, I mean, I, I haven't projected to go to St. Scholastica twice, which is going to yield some some kind of interesting results um, as to, you know, two teams playing in the same location at one time. And again, you mean you have the, the, the Duluth weather for two games. And this game would be in week 11. This is this is the very end of the season. There's a slight chance that you'll have, you know, snow on the ground. Um, really, any anything is in the cards here. And I still would lean Hamlin, but I think I think that this is Saint Scholastica's biggest chance of winning a game. Really, no matter who their opponent is in Week Eleven, um, whether or not it's McAllister or Hamlin, um, I think that I think that's Saint Scholastica's big chance of finally winning a conference game. Uh, and I think that uh, the Saints will have that date circled on their calendar. And um, I mean, it's also obviously huge for Hamlin because. You know, the difference between winning one conference game and winning two conference games is a huge thing. And um, it would determine who gets stuck with getting last place um, in the conference, depending on how you define last place in the conference. But I, 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 think, I, th- I think you could confidently say that the loser of this game is last place in the conference, in my opinion. I'm going to adjust the microphone a, a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm sorry if that made it worse, but... I don't know. I, I think I think I think it will make it better. Um, all right, next team on the list is Concordia. Concordia last year was was it six points? I think it was six points away from winning the divisional title. Um, I expect Concordia to do a little bit worse now. A little bit of a disclaimer. When I was doing team projections, um, most every school had their rosters out and view viewable. Um, Concordia, as I know of, when I filled out the projections for this season, um, I can only see last year's roster. Now, Normally, historically, this isn't that big of a deal because you can kind of assume that anyone that's a senior um, is gone. But you know, I don't. I mean, I don't know if you um, are aware or not. But there was this little um, there was this little thing that happened a couple years ago. Which, long story short, uh, it gives some players a few extra years of eligibility. It's like players like Bethel's Jaron Rosty who were listed as, as a senior last year, you know, they're able to come back. So I could be completely wrong about this Concordia team because it's it's potentially possible that, you know, some of these seniors weren't actually seniors and some of the players that I assumed are going to be leaving um, are actually staying. So, so, for example, passing offense, number six in the league last year. Um, and it says... From what I can tell, there's not a whole lot of returning production. Passing offense looks pretty weak. But for all I know, you know, they could all they could all come back. Um, you know, don't blame me, blame Concordia for not uh, posting their roster soon enough. Um, I mean, their their rushing offense, same thing. 
starting running backs going away. Um, passing defense was number 10 in the conference last season. Rushing defense, number three in the conference, but there's not a whole lot of returning production on that front. So based on what I have here, um, Concordia does not look great. Um, I mean, I, I think... I mean, if I, if I look at my schedule here for Concordia uh, at Valley City State, that is an NAIA school, which um, by the time this is posted, it will actually be a week away because that is a Thursday night game. And then at presentation, I, I think that's how that's pronounced. I mean, it sounds stupid, but, you know, uh, that's that's not a school I've heard of before. But I have them... Winning one of two of those games, probably dropping a game to Valley City State. Um, now, Concordia, similarly to uh, St. Scholastica, um, and probably to to a little bit more of an ex- this extent, you know, they are uh, a ways away from a lot of other schools, particularly their Skyline Divisional opponents, who are pretty much all in the Twin Cities area. Um, if you're not aware, they're Basically, you know, they're pretty close to the border of uh, South Dakota, I think. So it's it's a bit of a drive to go over there. I've never been there, um, but I have heard from people that have actually made the trip uh, one day um, there and back. Um, I have heard it's not fun, you know, because it's, you know, you're driving for six, seven, eight hours uh, to go to a three-hour football game. I think that'll be worth it, but, you know, that's my opinion. Um, so, yeah, I have them going one of two at Gustavus, at, or, sorry, versus Gustavus at St. John's. First two conference games. Those are games I have them dropping pretty easily versus McAllister. That's a win at Bethel. Um, even though last, last year's game was a six-point difference, um, I don't expect this to be that way. I think Bethel's going to have, going to be a lot more on their guard. Um and I expect them to win this pretty easily versus Carlton. I have this as a toss-up. I probably shouldn't. I probably should have Carlton winning this game easily, but it's just it's just hard. It's just hard to not have it as, as a toss-up for me. Um, for Concordia to drop two games in a row, two years in a row to Carlton, I, I, my 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 gut says mm, I don't know if that's going to happen. My brain says Carlton's going to win it, so I split the difference. I have it as a toss-up game. At Augsburg, this is a huge game. This is a huge game. I have it slightly in Concordia's favor because I don't know if Augsburg is ready to make the leap to um, getting to second place in the division yet. But I think Augsburg still has a legitimate chance of getting the upset in this game and moving to second place in the conference, which would be a huge, huge accomplishment for Augsburg. I mean, Augsburg is kind of the skyline equivalent to Carleton. Um, you know, it, it, it does not take that long of a look back um, to see they were they were one of the absolute laughing stocks of the conference. It was an automatic win. Year after year after year after year, um, but in the last couple of years, they have wildly, wildly improved. They have uh, 
believe it's third team. Hold on, let me let me check. Um, yeah, third team. Um, wide receiver Dominic Smith. Um, I mean, any any time that all, all American third team. Uh, I apologize. Anytime that you have an All American on any team, it's a it's a good sign. Um, and let me pull up their projection. And uh, from what I can tell, I mean they have they have some solid returning production. A lot of that team is is going to be coming back. Um, the only thing is their their running back who had the most attempts last season. He's not coming back. Uh, their rushing offense was fifth in conference last season. So I mean I don't know maybe that dips a little bit to like sixth or something. Um, you know their their defense didn't look great. Sixth and seventh in terms of passing defense, rushing defense. Um, but I think that their passing offense is really going to be their strength this year. Fourth in the conference last year, like I said. Um, third team All American for wide receiver. That's that's a huge accomplishment. Uh, Dominic Smith, returning quarterback. Um, that's going to be a dangerous core. Um, I think that's going. I think they're going to have a legitimate shot of beating Concordia, but Concordia does have the home game. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's going to be a huge matchup. I kind of accidentally just did a, pre- a little bit of a sneak preview for Augsburg, but. It, it it doesn't matter, you know. We'll just we'll just make that one maybe a little bit faster. Just keep that in your mind. Um, and then versus Hamlin, um, I have this as an automatic win. So I do have them at second place in the division right now. Um, I think easily, easily they could move down to the third. But I do have them going to Gustavus during the championship week. Um, Gustavus went to Concordia last year and blew them out. So, you know, I'm not going to make my official project. Excuse me. I'm not going to make my official protection projection yet for that game, obviously, because that's for the end. But um, I think you could predict what my prediction is going to be um, as we move on. Two, third team, McAllister. McAllister, fascinating, fascinating, fascinating team last year. Um, passing offense, number one in the conference. McAllister had the number one passing offense in the conference. Just let that, let that, let that sink in. Let that sink in for just a second. Um, this is their first year. In the conference since 2000 something, I don't really care that much. But you know, 20 ish years, um, and they're number one in the conference. Now, did they get a weak schedule? Yes. Are they the number one team in the conference um, for passing offense talent wise? Probably no. But number one is number one regardless. Um, and quarterback coming back, wide receivers coming back. Pretty much whole core. It's going to be just as dangerous, if not more dangerous, this year. Um, I mean, maybe they won't have the same luck as last year. Um, they'll have obviously a little bit tougher schedule because, well, no, no, they won't. Sorry, I I forgot how the league works for a second. So yeah, I think I think 
it'll be similar to last season. Might dip down a little bit just because they put up some ridiculous numbers. Um, their kicker is gone. Normally that doesn't mean that much, but if you saw McAllister play Bethel last year, um, the one, the big takeaway I got from McAllister, um, the most impressive part was their kicker. He was making kicks. You just don't see Division Three guys making it. You know, it was a big deal in Week One um, last season when Bethel played North Park. When a kicker, it probably wasn't this much, but it looked like it looked like half the distance to what this guy was kicking. It was it was unbelievable to watch. He kicked one, might have even been like over fifty yards or something like that. It, it felt like it. Um, but yeah, he's gone. Doesn't matter that much. Yeah, yeah, I I think so. You know, I I, I think McAllister they're gonna have some close games and. You know, being able to pick up points when you're, you know, not to the 30-yard line yet, that's a big deal. If he's not there and that range goes down like 20 yards, that's that could cost them some games. Um, rushing defense, r- sorry, rushing offense, um, and rushing defense, actually. Number 10 in the conference. Um, there's some returning production on both those fronts, but... Um, those those I expect to be still pretty bad. Passing defense, number five, okay amount of production coming back. So the rest of their team, not amazing, but their passing offense, great, fantastic. Fascinating, fascinating, fascinating team. Um, the, the schedule, they have two kind of cupcake games at Uni- University of Minnesota Morris. That's a win. Um, actually, versus Martin Luther, sorry, that's not a cupcake game. I have that as a toss-up, um, it's, it's a, you know, it's a relatively important game for them, I guess, you know, bump up your win by one, um, but, you know, I don't know, I don't know how much McAllister cares that much, I think McAllister, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what their culture is like, but I would think that they want to do as well in the Mayak as they can, um, so they three crossover games versus St. Olaf at Carleton and versus St. Scholastica. St. Olaf, I have that probably as a loss. Carleton, um, that is the game for maybe my favorite rivalry trophy in all of college football. It is called the Book of Knowledge. It, fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I have Ken Carleton, Ken Carleton, Carleton winning that game. Um, and uh, I have them. I have McAllister beating Saints Glastica as well. Uh, four divisional games. You know, like I was saying before, Concordia, Augsburg, Bethel, most likely all losses. The big one is at Hamlin, um, Week Nine. Huge game, rivalry game, um, to determine who gets who gets fourth place in the conference. Pretty much. Um, I, I mean. Like I kind of said before, I have them in slight favor to win that game, which puts them in a game versus at St. Olaf um, in Week 11 Championship Week to end the season. All right. This is the moment that you've all been waiting for. Um, This is all random, so they happen to be the ninth team, overall fourth team in the division, Um, the Bethel 
University Royals of Arden Hills, Minnesota. Um, so, I'm guessing some of you, at least, are aware of what Bethel did because, you know, if if not, it's a little bit strange that you tune into this podcast, but I still I still appreciate you. I still appreciate you. Um, so last season feels like they were one of the most talented teams in in Bethel history to get three losses. Because of the new format, they ended up playing St. John's twice, lost two games that went absolutely down to the wire. First one, six points. The last one went down was a one-point loss. Seven points overall in two games. Um, if you... And then after that, um, they were selected um, somehow in the Division Three playoffs um, where they went down against Central and lost uh, 30-some points. Um, in my opinion, this was a huge part of that game was the fact that Jaron Rosti was not at 100% Bethel quarterback, for those of you who don't know. Um, you could make the argument uh, that he wasn't, but, uh, you know, Central also had uh, the... Uh, Gallardi, Gallardi, I think that's how you pronounce that, trophy winner, which is kind of the Division Three equivalent of the Heisman. Um, we don't have to deal with them anymore. Funny enough, Central um, actually ranked number 14th in the Division Three uh, preseason poll. Bethel ranked 13th. I'm sure that Central is, you know, maybe, maybe just a little bit mad that, you know, maybe they couldn't flip those around because of that last game. But, you know, nevertheless, um, Bethel is ranked 13th in the preseason poll. Um, passing offense, number three in the conference. Uh, Jaron Rosti, let me like, like I did hint at before, he is coming back in a move that shocked the world. Um, so, uh, listen to this. Aaron Rosti in 2000, I think it was 17? Yeah, 2000, 2017 season, third string quarterback for the Minnesota Gophers. Um, and, you know, like most people, being, third thing, being the third string quarterback is not that uh, glamorous of a job. So, Went to Division III. Uh, he was redshirted as a gopher, um, or more appropriately, maroon-shirted. Um, he did absolutely phenomenal in 2018. He actually tied—he's he's a bit of a uh, running quarterback— tied the Bethel team record for rushing touchdowns in a season with 20 in 13 games. Um, they went to the quarterfinal round in the Division Three playoffs, lost by only 11 points, which is not not bad at all to uh, Wisconsin Whitewater. That's a game that, man, I mean, I still think, man, it, they could have won that. If they did win that, man, that would have uh, that would have been something special. But I'm getting I'm getting off topic. Came back in 2019, um, still great. Even though you know the team didn't do as well that year, um, and teams figured out a little bit more how to how to stop him, but you know he was still he was still Jaron Ross, he was still amazing. And then 2020, 2020 happened. 
didn't play a single game. But because of that, he gets another year of eligibility. So he came back for his fifth year last year. And he be all of a sudden, I mean, he was he was always a, r- a Russian quarterback. He became a deadly accurate passer too. And this year, everyone thought that he was leaving. Um, he's back. He's back for another year. Um, man, he is. Uh, he is. He is a beast of a man. If you if you've ever seen him, um, it's. It I means. <laughs> It's he's not it's not it's not what a quarterback's supposed to look like and uh, kind of an interesting person too. Um, receivers, uh, they have Joey Kidder returning. Um, Joey Kidder, his numbers looked pretty darn good last year, uh, but I don't think that I think that the numbers don't really show how great he is. Last year, uh, I remember week one versus North Park, flew out to Chicago for the game. He made catches, I think I think multiple catches. It, it could have just been one that I kind of, in my mind, made multiple catches. But he made catches that no one at Bethel had, had, ever, done, had ever done. And he continued this throughout every single game of the season. It, it did not matter how many guys were on him. He, he just seemed like he could catch anything. And... I mean, he he's also a basketball player. He might be, in my opinion, he might be one of the most one of the most athletically talented people I've ever seen um, wear the Bethel uniform at any sport. Um, it's it's really it's really amazing. If you've never seen him play, you gotta you gotta you know search up highlights of him or something. It's I mean the one handed catch he made against North Park is incredible. Like Odell Beckham style, that amazing. Rushing offense, um, a lot of returning production. Oh, forgot to mention, out of the top thirty players last season, I want you to make a guess to how many uh, players coming back. Ready? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight players coming back out of the top thirty, and this was already a great team. It's the rushing offense, number three in the conference. A whole lot of returning production there. That's going to get better. The offensive line in eight conference games gave up five sacks last year. Five sacks only. That's that's ridiculous. They have um, second team All-American um, offensive guard Travis Sinclair. Um, no first-teamers on the team, but, you know, who cares? Uh, it's, it's a well-rounded team. And in my opinion, maybe some guys got snubbed. Uh, the Russian, the passing defense, amazing second place in the conference, Nate farm intercepting balls all over the place, including the game winning interception against Concordia that helped us get into the conference championship game. Um, he's also, uh, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't give him as much praise as, as Joey Kidder as to how athletic or, or Dran Rossi is how athletically gifted he is. But I think he's also one of the more athletically gifted people I've ever seen wear a Bethel uniform. Rushing defense, number six in the conference. That's where you know, that's that's where it, it it gets a little bit down. Um, but you know, there's there's a lot of returning production, and they're pretty young last year. Um, so expect that to get 
you know, a little bit better, patch that up a little bit, um, make sure that teams can't just, you know, keep on pounding and uh, ride that to victory. Pass rush wasn't great either, but, you know, I expect I expect those to get better. This is going to be, um, I, I touched, I've touched on this before because I did the Skyline Division first and a lot of other teams. This is going to be, I think, the most talented team in the MIAC in the next season. So let's look at their schedule. First two non-conference games, I think their wins versus Pacific Lutheran. Easy win. Um, at home, if you have any way of going to this game, go to it. Just just go. It's going to be... I th- I th- it's 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 going to be it's going to be fantastic. Um, a bit worried that they won't build the visitors stand in time, but they're playing a team from Washington. So there's not going to be that many visitors, anyways. Um, at UW Platteville, there's a the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest chance they get upset here, but I really don't think this is going to happen. This is the only Bethel game uh, on the schedule currently that I unfortunately will not be intended for a couple reasons number one i'm taking the act test that day um number two it is a four and a half hour drive there four and a half hour drive back so there are so it's just not really a starter uh for me to go to that game unfortunately i would have liked to go to all 10 but you know sometimes it is what it is Open up the conference versus St. John's. I mean, I touched on I touched on this before. Um, they, I think they're gonna win. I think they're gonna do it. But I'm not. I'm not gonna overly project them to win it because of um, the fact that St. John's has been what St. John's has been in the past decade or so. Um, and then you got. The next game, week five? It's, yeah, five uh, at Gustavus. This is another game. Uh, Gustavus could potentially get the upset win here. I don't think that it's very likely, but it could it could happen. I think it could very easily happen. Um, really hope not. Um, this, this is going to be the biggest drive for me um, of the season, uh, besides whatever championship week is and the playoffs. Um, so, you know, the biggest one of, you know, what's cemented right now. There are four divisional games weak. Weak sauce. Hamlin, Concordia, McAllister, Augsburg. All wins versus St. Olaf. Crossover game, throw it in there. Yeah, sure, throw another win on the pile. Um, most likely eight or seven wins um, overall going into championship week versus St. John's. So they're going to Clemens Stadium, to the Natural Bowl, as they call it, in St. John's for Championship Week. Um, I think this is going to happen. I don't think that there's that big of a chance that it doesn't happen. I'm excited. I'm excited. Never been up there. Um, I mean, I, 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 I hate St. John's as much as, as the next Bethel fan, but... Uh, from what I've seen, this stadium does look it. Dang it! It looks it. It doesn't look bad. It does not look bad. So the last team on the list, Augsburg of Minneapolis. I already talked about the team. Respect. I already talked about what they expect to be. Their two non-conference games um, probably wins Martin Luther uh, in week three. 
they could drop that, but at Northwestern week one, that's that's going to be an easy win. Um, so you could go 2-0, and maybe 1-1. One and one. They have St. Scholastica opening up the conference. That's a win at St. Olaf. Little bit of a toss-up. This is going to be an interesting game. There's not going to be a whole lot of stakes to this game. It's not a divisional game. But getting another conference win for both of these teams, that's going to be huge because it's going to be a little bit hard to come by. Uh, conference wins, not that much, but, you know, a little bit. Um, so that's, and, you know, we're, I think we're going to find out some things about these two teams on that game. So this one, so, um, this one is, I think, a little bit of a sleeper for one of the better games of the year. Um, week five, uh, Augsburg at St. Olaf, they go to St. Sorry, they don't go to St. John's. They play St. John's next week. That one, I expect them to drop. Um, schedule at McAllister, that's a win. At Hamlin, that's a win. Versus Concordia, well, they have Bethel in there, that's a lot. But versus Concordia, touched on this earlier, that's a huge game. That's a huge game. Second place in the con- in the division, on the line. Um, it would be a huge deal for Augsburg to win this. I, I, can't, I can't predict them to do it yet. Um, I might be over giving Concordia... S- too much credit, but Concordia is 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 a mystery to me because they can't uh, they can't put out the dang roster. So maybe, maybe I should have um, rated them a little bit lower because of that. Maybe I should have penalized them. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I have that as a game that they're that they're gonna drop. But that's that's a toss up. That's that's re- that really is a toss up. And the fact that it's not at Concordia is, is a little bit of a significant advantage for Augsburg. Because for Concordia and Saint Scholastica, it goes both ways. Because if it's a long drive for all the other teams, go um, up or down in Con- in Concordia's case to your stadium, it's going to be a decently long drive for you to go to their stadium. Um, so yeah, I, th- this is this this is gonna, this is going to be a huge game. This is going to be a huge, huge, huge game. One of the bigger games in the conference. But I do expect them to lose it and. To go up against what I think creates one of the better championship week matchups that's not a championship game at Carlton. Two teams, two programs on the rise who are absolute laughing stocks not that long ago that are going to be going up against each other in um, I think a pretty telling game as to, you know, which one of these teams is, you know, just kind of having a blip in the radar and just going up for a few years and, you know, which one of these teams, you know, is it one or both that, um, could make themselves uh, kind of the next Gustavus a little bit, make themselves a little bit of a contender. Um, which, you know, who knows how far you can go after that. You know, I mean, Bethel, for example, they've only been successful in the last 20 years, but those 20 years have been fantastic. You know, they've been winning conference championships. They've been winning playoff games. They've been making... You never know. You never know what the next years are going to be like. In any division of college football, in any conference of college football, that's why it is one of the best sports in the world. Um, so we got our five championship games. So I'm going to go through these um, from lowest ranked to highest ranked. So the championship game will be last, and then we're going to end the show there. It's been a it's been a pretty long one. It's been a pretty long one. I I thought it would be a little bit less time, but um, there's just there's just a lot to talk about. So let's do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do this relatively quickly. I'm gonna try to, you know, get you out of here in time for 
whatever it is you're doing. Um, Saint Scholastica versus Hamlin or Hamlin at Saint Scholastica. It's a huge game for Saint Scholastica. Huge game. Um, if they haven't beat uh, Hamlin earlier, this is a must-win. This is a must-win unless they got another win in there. Uh, for Saint Scholastica overall, I think their goal should be two wins. Two wins anywhere you can get them is you know you're you're on the up and up because you didn't get any last year. So two wins is great. One win. I mean, I guess it's better, but we didn't have any non-conference games last year, so it's not really that much of an improvement. Um, Hamlin, I think, um, you know, they they have two cupcake games for the, you know, non-conference. And there's some conference games I think they could win. So this is similarly for both schools just trying to get that conference win. Obviously, one at least one of them is going to have it because they played each other earlier. But for the school that doesn't have it, if they don't have any conference wins, this is going to be a game that you want to win. Also, the winner uh, can say that they were can confidently say that they were not last in the conference. Depending a little bit on how you count last in the conference, because if you just purely count um, conference wins, or if you don't really count last in the conference at all for anything, because it's a weird format, but you know, you can say it nonetheless. Uh, so I expect Hamlin. I, I had the scales tipped in them a little bit, but it is in Duluth in um, mid-November. Uh, I think the weather, the weather's going to matter. The weather's going to matter a little bit here um, in terms of home field advantage. Um, so the game against the fourth-ranked teams, St. Olaf versus McAllister. McAllister at St. Olaf. Um I have this one significantly in St. Olaf's favor. This I think this is going to be one of the more lopsided games of Championship Week. Um, you know, it's kind of designed to be a lot of close games to end out the conference season. Uh, this game, I don't think you don't think it's going to be that close. I mean, the Northwoods division is significantly more stacked than the Skyline division. Um, so I, mean, I, th- I think I expect them to uh, take a good um, take a good lead um this year like they did last year uh, in terms of games won um but you know there's a chance McAllister gets the upset because uh, we don't really know exactly what type of team McAllister is going to be this year because last year they were a weird team um because so I mean they could be they could be pretty good um you know if McAllister does get the win here that puts them to um leave seventh yeah seventh in the conference Again, depending on how you count it, but I counted a seventh. Um, so yeah, I mean that's going to be an important game, but one of the ones I'm a little bit least, uh, less excited for, if I got to be honest. If if it, if it does happen exactly like this, because it could be, it could be completely different. I could be completely wrong. I almost hope I'm wrong for some of these. Um, Augsburg at McAllister, third rent game. This is this is a game I'm really excited for. If it happens, these two teams will not have played. Um, at all previously in the conference, this game is going to be on grass, which is always cool. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed that Bethel uh, ripped out their grass. Um, I actually have a few bags of dirt from the original field. Um, but uh, I have this tipped a little bit in Carlton's favor. Uh, I think the grass factor is actually pretty big. Um, but Augsburg will be uh, going off of some hard... Um, 
divisional games, Concordia and Bethel. Uh, I think they'll be going off of, you know, two losses. Uh, Carlton, even more so. Uh, St. John's and Gustavus. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think Carlton gets this one, but I don't know. Gustavus against, uh, Concordia. We saw this one last year. This one was at Concordia. This one's at Gustavus. Uh, Gustavus absolutely blew the, blew, blew, blew the doors off of them. Don't expect this one to be any different, really, especially since this is at Gustavus instead of at Concordia. Expect Gustavus to get a win here. And last, but most certainly not least, Bethel at St. John's, at Clemens Stadium, at the Natural Bowl, for the MIAC Championship game. Second of its kind. Rematch of the last championship game, rematch of a game early in the season, which I expect to be pretty good. I expect Bethel to maybe have a loss. I expect St. John's probably with two losses, as high as three, as low as zero. There's a lot of there's a lot of fluctuation for St. John's this year. I honestly think that a lot of this depends on where the two teams are at. How much is this go- game going to matter to these teams? Let me give you some examples. If a team goes into this game at nine and zero, undefeated, this game will matter a little bit, not a whole lot, but a little bit less, because their ticket to the playoffs will have already been punched. If a team has any less win, any any more win losses than that, any more losses, you cannot afford to lose this game. You can't afford to lose twice. Um, getting in the playoffs works in Division Three for major conferences works very similar to how it is for major conferences in FBS football. If you lose a game, you can maybe afford that. You lose any more than that, you're on incredibly thin ice. Bethel somehow got in last year. Yeah, I think it's going to matter a lot on that, and I think it might matter a little bit more for St. John's um, because of that factor. But for Bethel, regardless, even if they won every single other game, um, it would mean so much. It would mean so much to have an undefeated season, a Mayak championship, and not one but two wins against St. John's. I mean, you'd be lucky to beat St. John's once, but to beat St. John's twice, it, to get to get two of those, which they've struggled to get in almost the past decade. Um, 2013 was the last time. Um, I think it's slightly tipped towards Bethel. Similar to the last game, but a little bit more towards St. John's um, because of the home field advantage. Um, yeah, I think overall, um, Bethel... Probably going to split against St. John's with a win against Gustavus. If I had to give a hard projection on it, 9-1 overall. Um, now, in terms of playoffs, um, which is the other thing to project, I don't think that St. John's is going to make the playoffs exactly if I had to make a hard projection on it. I mean, the, the biggest way for them to make it would be the championship game because I expect them to make that. So, I mean, they're they're all, I mean, they, they would be one game away regardless, and it's a game that they could very much win. But I don't think that they're going to win it. And I think that they're going to have more than one losses. I don't think it's going to be enough to make the playoffs. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked at all if they did have one loss or they did win that game. You know? Um, but yeah, Bethel, 9-1. I don't know who they would draw. 
uh, for the first round game. I mean, that's kind of a toss-up, but it's probably going to be, you know, a relatively easy game. Um, not many games in the playoffs are easy, but unless you're, you know, way up there. But I think they would win that game. Uh, second round, uh, this game most likely you're on the road against uh, a pretty team that's, you know, kind of a little bit of a powerhouse, like in 2018 when they went up against North Central. Um, I still think that they're going to win that game because I think this team's really talented. Third round is probably where I would project it to end, but I think this team could go as far as winning the Stag Bowl Division Three National Championship game once again. Um, I think that they're that talented. I, I, that's not a very popular opinion. Maybe it's just the fact that I'm a Bethel fan. Um, but this is this is this is this is a this is a eclipse. This is an eclipse of talent. Um, you know, everything's kind of aligned. Um, I think this 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 is going to be a great year, and it's it's a good thing that uh, this is going to be a podcast centered around Bethel football because that's going to be, I think, um, a lot of the Mayak storylines centered around Bethel football as well. So that was the first week of the Navy Vegas podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't. It's the first one. It's it's gonna get better. It's gonna get better. It's gonna be fine. Um, I'll be back next week for the weekly preview, week one preview. That one, probably, I think, is gonna be a little bit shorter. Um, you're gonna see the formula for the episodes a lot different. Um, from here on out, this one, this one's kind of a weird one. Um, and again, if you didn't, if you didn't think it was great, just just hold on. It's gonna get better. It's going to get better as much as, you know, I think that this episode kind of got a little bit better as it went on as well. Um, so, yeah. Uh, go Royals. Um, see you all next week. Mm-hmm.